Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. I'm Chris for you, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Today, we have David Lero on the phone, and he's coming to us from Kansas, and he is a VP and head options strategist at the ROC Investment Group based out of Kansas. David, thank you so much, and welcome to the program. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Chris for you and welcome back to the 10minutesdoctrader.com how to trade stocks and options podcast. Today we have a special guest David Lero on the line from Kansas. He's going to be talking about his recent article called Understanding Imply Volatility Rank. David thank you so much for being on the show today. I really really appreciate your time and, and your effort putting this together and tell us a little about yourself. How long have you been trading? Uh, well really it the first time I started looking into trading was in middle school. Uh, middle had, school? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we had these various clubs that we could join. I think it was like once a quarter. Uh, I did the juggling club. I learned how to juggle. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we got into, or I got into the stock market trading club that our social studies teacher had. And we would put together this little imaginary portfolio. And I remember mine... Uh, I put Coca-Cola in it, and I put Xerox in it. And oh, I, wow. I put Coke in it because I enjoy me some Coca-Cola. And then uh, Xerox I put in there because the ticker symbol caught my eye. It was XRX, and I just, for whatever reason, it just kind of, I just clung to it. Yeah. Um, and you got to remember, uh, back then, the market, they, they traded in eighths of a point. And so it was, it, uh, it was a little bit different. Go oh man, three I, I couldn't imagine trading an eighth of a point. That was that was before my time. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I really got into it a few years ago. Um, I've gone through four different trading platforms. I started with Trade Ninja, didn't really care for it. Uh, moved over to TradeStation. About the time I moved over to TradeStation, my brother, who I know you've had some uh, contact with. That's right, he got, yeah. He got into trading as well, and he started using Thinkorswim through TD Ameritrade. And so we'd be just in a uh, setting just like this, where we'd be online talking with one another, swapping trade ideas. And he would do he would show me his platform, and I was like, wow, that's, that's much nicer than this trade. <laughs> And TradeStation had this weird thing. I don't know what it was about it. It just creeped me out. Whenever you would get a, whenever your order would be filled, this voice would go, order filled. <laughs> I'm looking around. Who's in here? And when uh, Thinkorswim gets your order filled, it makes that little dinging sound. That bing. Yeah. That's, that's so much cooler. And so I got on to, basically, I went over to Thinkorswim because the sounds were neater. And uh, as it turns out, it was it was a much better platform to trade on. And I started following uh, Tom Sosnoff and Tony Batista, Liz and Jenny, the folks over at Tasty Trade. And when they put out their platform, Tastyworks, I started using it. 
and that's where I'm at today. That's awesome. Yeah, I I also use Tastyworks, and um, you know they've been they've been very good to me. We've we've made a, a partnership together, and uh, yeah, it's it's by far the best platform that I've used. I mean, when I first started, uh, I, I started in a uh, a 401k retirement account where I could trade the stocks in there. And, and that was fine. I didn't have any issues. It was just, you know, a buy or sell. That was all you could do. Um, and then I learned about options. Then I, I, I took my account over to Charles Schwab on the Options Express platform. And, like, whenever you, you know, you, you've got an option chain, you can click buy or sell or whatever on your, your strike or whatever. It was nothing like that whatsoever. It was the, I'll just describe it as, it was the biggest hot pile of garbage I've ever used. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Charles Schwab, but your platform is awful. Awful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I also use uh, Tastyworks, and I've been using that pretty much since, since the day they, they opened. Um, and yeah, I, I really appreciate how fast it is and stable and, and, and everything just works really well. Yeah. But yeah, when I got that email saying that I was, that my time had come, I was in there. There you go. Yep. And you know what, what's one of the great things about Tastyworks is that it shows implied volatility rank, which is what we're going to talk about today, That's right great. there on the platform, right beside the, uh, the ticker symbol that you're working with. Mm -hmm. And as option traders, we know just how important implied volatility is it in my opinion it can be as important or potentially more important than the actual price of the stock itself yes so why don't why don't you tell me a little bit about uh you know the article you wrote for 10minutestocktrader.com and and how implied volatility works with the way you trade okay so um basically implied volatility is almost where i live i almost don't do any sort of uh, well i never i almost never do fundamental analysis technical analysis basically has for me has come down to i'll look at the chart real quick am, am i near a, a high am i near a low am i in the middle of a range that's about as much technical analysis as i do and then that ivr um it, I know it's going to inflate the premium and I'm going to be able to get much further out of the money with my strike selection. And so that's basically what I do. I just, I do the math and I let the probabilities play out. Yeah. Gotcha. And you, uh, get into situations like we're in now where the market's just going crazy. Uh, the S and P's down, say 61 day and up 33 the next and you get those little outlier moves like that that, that push through the your break evens on occasion. So in a in a high high movement market, a high beta market like we have right now, is this a time where you would be looking to use implied volatility in your favor, or is this a, a time where maybe you're stepping away? And and you you give me your opinion, I'll give you mine, and we'll, we'll compare the two. Okay, so uh, I'm getting in. Uh, I've, I've got pretty much all of my buying power tied up right now. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's so if we see even bigger moves, uh, I might have to liquidate a couple of positions to defend a couple of others, but I've been waiting for this volatility to come in like this. Um, mm -hmm. so it, like I said, I love it cause it lets me put my break evens, put my strikes way out of the money. I can take a lot of, uh, risk off the table by being able to get so far out of the money with such high IVR. Um, so this is kind of where I live. When IVR dries up and we see, you know, implied volatility ranks of 14 and 15, man, I get bored. Uh, 
then I got to start looking at other uh, strategies, like putting on, say, calendar spreads, stuff like yeah. that. So. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I am actually in the opposite position. I am in ninety percent cash right now. Okay. And yeah, and and, and I love that we can uh, you know share our opinions and share our differences on this because not everybody's the same, right? And sure. I wouldn't expect you to trade my plan, and I wouldn't be expected to trade your plan. And I think that's important for the the audience out there is that you need to develop a plan that works for you, and then trade to that plan because there's no reason where maybe maybe someone gave you some advice and maybe it worked out really well for you in one market and now we're in a totally different market which has a lot more volatility a lot more ranges and maybe today it's not going to work out like it used to for that particular person that gave you the example um and like to david's point he's he's uh, he's very committed right now and that's 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 cool whereas i'm the opposite and i'm not saying he's right and i'm wrong or i'm right and he's wrong and no way am i saying that it's just the style of trading that we have. For me, there's too much risk in this market. Whereas with on Davis' portfolio, because of the implied volatility, he's able to take in a lot of credit. And not only is he able to take in a lot of credit, he's able to get far away from the current stock price. So, David, tell us more about that in the way that you're able to get farther away from the current stock price because of this environment. Okay, so with... Implied volatility rank getting so high, the, the market's pricing in a lot of fear. And so the puts and the calls on those options become much more expensive. And it pushes those break-evens further and further away from current strike price or, or current stock price. And so because of that overinflation, that over-exaggeration in price, we're able to start collecting more premium on say like a 16 delta call like a you know a one standard deviation strangle 16 delta put 16 delta call um in a high implied volatility environment like this you might be able to collect say a couple dollars on a one standard deviation strangle whereas if it's a much lower ivr you might only collect say 83 cents yeah that's a big difference yeah and so when you collect that greater premium because of that higher IVR, it pushes your break-evens even further away from the current stock price. So now you're not so reliant on making profit through uh, the movement of price. You're able to withstand movements in price. You're just waiting for time. You're mm -hmm. just waiting for theta, time decay. Now, you need a broker that understands options trading in order to make trades like I make. Tastyworks is a broker platform that I use and I recommend. The platform's easy to use and their pricing is unbeatable. And with their commissions, trades like this would only cost $1 per leg total. Now, if you sign up for a new account with Tastyworks and use the code 10MINUTE, that's 10-M-I-N-U-T-E, I'll give you over $150 in exclusive 10-minute trader bonuses from 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Remember to use the code 10MINUTE when signing up for your new Tastyworks account today. So to David's point, in this environment, it gives you a lot more flexibility and ability to get farther away from the current stock price. And that's because the options premiums, the market makers are, are inflating the option premiums. It's like David said, the fear is higher today than it was a month ago, uh, two, two months ago. I mean, if you look at all of 2017, there wasn't much fear going on. So implied volatility was hitting pretty much all-time lows. You could look at the VIX. I think the VIX actually posted all-time lows in 2017, whereas starting in February 2018, we've had a much more volatile market. 
Now, with the way that David trades, it sounds like he trades a lot of neutral neutral strategies, and I, I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, for me, though, I like to trade one di one directional strategies in that way. So, where David was talking about selling a call and a put, and kind of boxing in the trade, what I like to do is maybe just sell the call, or maybe just sell the put. Just one side of the equation. But I want to make sure that my portfolio overall is balanced and neutral. And that's just my style of trading, and it may be different from his, and it may be different from yours. And not one style is the correct way, it's just that's the way that works for me. I like to sell one side, and honestly, it's because I don't have to manage both sides of a trade. I've been in the place where I've sold an iron condor, I've sold a strangle. The next thing I know, I'm fighting one side of it, and I've made adjustments, and I've moved things down. And then, oh, geez, now I have to fight the other side of it. So now I'm making adjustments, moving things up. And it was a big headache. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to stick to one side of trades. That's what it's going to be. And it's instead of... It's all in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I got really tired of that. So um, now I just I sell maybe like a 25 delta um, put spread or call spread. And then I just let that thing go. I don't even worry about it. And so, then trading, trading small, man. I learned so many expensive lessons with that. And maybe, maybe you can go into that a little bit. But, geez, I have made some really expensive lessons <laughs> because <laughs> I've traded so big. And, and I talked to, uh, to several people. I, I've got a few people that I mentor through 10MinutesDoctorator.com. And, um, I mean, that, that's the number one thing that people, they see stocks, they see options, they see wall street the movie they see you know bankers driving bentley's and whatever the case may be they see instagram where everybody's throwing around hundred dollar bills that they somehow got <laughs> and somehow. yeah and they're like oh my god i have to i have to buy a thousand calls or i have to buy 300 puts or whatever the case may be and uh man i learned a lot of a lot of lessons so so one thing i do and, and david you can share that about you uh is i actually have a i have a little calculator that so I, I keep track of all my trades, and you can actually find those at 10minutesstocktrade.com slash portfolio. Um, and it, even if you want to see uh, all the closed trades over the year, 10minutesstocktrade.com slash free dash portfolio, you can check out all of the closed trades that I put on over the year. And you can actually see where uh, I, I've put in what is the percentage of my lick, uh, what do they call it, uh, net lick that I can put into a trade. And so now I have an absolute maximum of 5% on any particular trade. And while at the same point, it's like, oh, you're only putting 5% into an account uh, or, or into a single trade. You're not making all that much money. I'm not, but I'm also not taking that much risk either because I've put in, this is really embarrassing, I've put in 40% into a trade and lost every dime of it. Oh. And so I don't do that anymore. I learned a very, <laughs> a very expensive lesson. So I'm very meticulous about how much I put into a trade now. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> So, so tell me, how do you, you manage risk in that way, David? Um, well, there's very little management. Um, I'll do a lot of defined risk trades, uh, iron condors, spreads. And at that point, I mean, you've managed risk going in. Um, I'll keep an eye on my deltas. I try not to let them get too out of hand on undefined risk. If the... If the stock price starts to get near my short strike, I'll start looking at, say, if I've got um, a short put and it starts to get a little bit too close to the my uh, my short, the stock price gets a little too close to my short put, I might start thinking of going ahead and selling a, a short call against it 
uh, right there at the same strike price and uh, turning my directional trade into, say, a neutral iron fly, trying to bring in more credit and give myself some more time for that stock to come back to me. Um, um, I'll, when I put on a trade, I know that uh, my greatest odds of collecting a profit are if I close that trade out at 50% of the max credit received. Um, speaking of credit received, I was able to pull up uh, SPY. Oh yeah, let's get back uh, to that. So with 56 days to go to expiration, right now, um, a one standard deviation strangle is receiving a credit. It's trading for $4. For, wow. Yeah. That's massive. The IVR the in there right now is 53.7. Huh. That's so much more than I expected. Yeah, I wasn't. That's like three times more than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Holy cow. What is the market at right now? I'm curious. Like, are we down? How far uh, down? Uh, even the S and P's down 21 and a quarter. Okay. Uh, Nasdaq down 51 half. Uh, VIX VIX up 77 cents. What is the VIX reading today? 2170. Geez, 2170. <laughs> so. So uh, what I was mentioning earlier is the VIX setting all-time lows. I think it was, if it wasn't in the eight handle, it was really close to the eight handle. Yeah, um, and yeah, now we're at twenty-one something. Jeez, it's it's incredible. And and the VIX is really a, a fear gauge. It'll tell you how many calls, uh, not calls. I'm sorry. The VIX is a fear gauge where it'll tell you how many puts are being bought against the the S and P five hundred index. And what that means is a put would be to protect someone's portfolio or maybe somebody's looking to profit by buying puts, whatever the case may be. But there's it, basically we're saying options prices are roughly three times or so what they were about 10 months ago when the year rolled over. So, yeah, that's incredible. So but tell me that, tell me more about uh, the article. Is there is there anything in particular that... Uh, that you want to share maybe the the formula that you've got in there about how it was uh how it's calculated so to calculate implied volatility range that a stock has made you take you have your upper and your lower you subtract the two and that gives you the range and then where it sits right now is its implied volatility rank so um in the article i think give me a moment here uh yeah so in the article, I used highs and lows of, of 90 and 30, and halfway in between there would be 60. And if it's currently sitting at 60, then it's got a, an IVR of 50, because it's halfway up that range that it has established. Gotcha. And so if we are sitting lower in the range, we know there's not a lot of fear in there, um, I might skip that stock because I know that the premium in there is not overinflated. And so I might try and find one that's a little higher in its range, one where mm -hmm. people are kind of afraid. Yeah. And there and, and go in there and sell that premium. Gotcha. And that that's a that's a great way to uh to trade stocks and, and options in that way. Back at the end of twenty seventeen, uh I know one thing that I struggled with was I was putting on iron condors pretty much any chance I got. Um, and that wasn't necessarily a great trade, which had a lot to do with the fact that I had a lot of management issues to go along with it. Um, these these trades, maybe like David was saying, maybe we can get 20 points away from the current stock price. But because the whole the whole market had a low implied volatility rank to it, uh, maybe I was only get five or six. And then that caused me 
They have a lot more issues. And that's something I'd like the, uh, the audience to understand is that with an iron condor or a strangler or something like that, it is imperative, it is key that you want to get a high implied volatility environment because you're selling all this premium. You want to do that. You want to sell in the premium and uh, eliminate some of that risk. You want to get that as far away as possible. But the difference is that when you're selling an iron condor that's this wide compared to the strike price or this wide compared to the current strike price, huge difference, and especially a huge difference in what you're going to have to manage if things don't go your way. And uh, yeah, that, that's a lesson I want to share with you is that just because you can put on Iron Condor, take in twice as much credit as you would just selling uh, a put spread or a call spread on its own. Um, yeah, it's not always the best idea. It just really doesn't always work out that way. Uh, you had asked earlier about uh, risk management and then you kind of hit part of what I do on the head right there is um, I'll... I'll spread out those break-evens. I will try and get as far out of the money as I can, but still collect a decent amount of premium. A lot of my friends that know I do this, that don't understand options trading, they they think that I am some sort of crazy risk taker. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they don't realize that, uh, and I try to explain it to them, but unless you're, you know, really doing it, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around some of these concepts. They don't understand that I'm putting my strikes really far away and still trying to collect enough premium to make the trade worth putting on. And that's why I like such high IVR. It allows me to get so far away from uh, current stock price, but still gives me uh, enough premium to collect to make it worth putting the trade on. Oh, no doubt. And I think where your friends are, are, are thinking is the, the, whole, the whole genre behind a, an options trade is essentially you're, you as the seller would be selling lottery tickets. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can sell a lottery ticket that's at the money where there's a good chance of the lottery ticket happening. And in a low implied volatility environment, that actually is more likely. Or you can sell that lottery ticket far away from the current stock price in a high implied volatility environment, which pushes it even farther away. Now, they may think it's risky because they're the ones out there buying those options. And hey, look, I can buy this option for, for 50 cents. So they're they're spending $50 on it. And they're really excited, so they're going to buy six of them. So they just spent $300 for five puts. And as every day goes by, that time decay is actually working against them, but working for you, David, as the option seller and then as time goes by they feel that's risky because nothing's really happening for them while david's on the other end taking those profits he's excited that uh time's going by implied volatility may be coming in and he is the option seller has a much higher statistical advantage and that's why option selling is as powerful as it is uh part of my trading style is i'm a contrarian <coughs> and I may have attempted to catch a falling knife here a little too soon. Uh, back in 2017, towards the end of 2017, uh, I was still trying to do neutral strategies. The problem was, in 2017, especially towards the end, the market wouldn't stop going up. Yeah, there was one way that that market went. That, was up. There was no ceiling. It I, I, was, I was with you. I was having that same problem. And uh, totally, totally had that same problem. And that 40% that, that I lost that I told you about, yeah. um, that was in gold over the summer. Because uh, oh. I was like, gold's going to turn around. It has to turn. It's it gold. To. Come on, people. Yeah. Oh, God. That was uh, awful. 
I think it went down two hundred dollars an ounce by the time I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. This is a bad idea. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. And in fact, I, I have played contrarian tra- plays before, and I think there is a, there's a level of risk that comes with that. Right, you're stepping in front of the trend. You are saying, I feel very strongly that this trend may be coming to an end soon. And so, actually, that's that's part of how I've changed my trading style, and and that's something um, that, in fact, one of the podcast interviews that I did was with um, one of Tony Batista's former colleagues at Thinkorswim. Uh, his name is William Satry. He was a millionaire trading instructor, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to, there's two podcasts with him. Uh, both, I believe, have the title "Millionaire Trading Instructor" in them. Um, they they're incredible. And part of his deal is it's like, it's it's the opposite approach to how Tony Batista trades. Uh, he's very chart heavy, and he's like, "Hey man, the trend's your friend. You want to ride that thing all the way to the end." Yeah. And so yeah. I have I have actually changed my trading style up some to where I am looking for reversals on things, but I'm also not trying to I'm not trying to pay for someone else to have the trend being followed as well. I want to try and be on that trend too. So um, I, I totally fear, feel you, and I, I like to trade that way as well. But I also like to keep in mind following the trend when there is one. Because you don't want to be the guy who says gold's going to go up, and it goes down $200 an ounce. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to catch that falling knife. I mean, there is inherent danger in there. No doubt. Uh, like I said, I had the opposite at the end of 2017. Towards the end of 2017, my deltas just kept getting more and more negative as the market just kept going up. It wouldn't stop. And so I kept having to defend these positions, move my short calls up closer to my short puts. And then eventually, February, March of 2018 rolled around and I got whipsawed. I got whipsawed hard. Yep. I think we all did. Nobody I, saw that coming. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that's that for that exact reason is why I'm 90% cash. Okay. Because <laughs> right now, I mean, I, I took it pretty hard when when uh, the market moved down in February. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. You can do your thing. I'm just going to hang out here and watch. Uh, and that that's why I'm that's why I'm trading so sparsely right now. Okay. Um, yeah, because I, I I got burned real hard there, and then I got burned hard in gold this summer, and I'm like, I don't want to do that again. That's not fun. <laughs> Trading's supposed to be fun and make money. I don't like giving other people my money. Yeah. Uh, so, is there anything else that uh, maybe on implied volatility? Well, actually, I tell you what. There's two things that I wanted to to ask you about. You've mentioned delta several times. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to the audience what a delta is? And then. What is implied volatility? Because I don't even know if we actually have talked about what implied volatility is. Where, where, where does that number come from? Okay, so implied volatility and uh, delta, we could do a whole just podcast in itself. I tell you what, let's plan on doing a whole podcast on delta. Uh, That'd be great. I can even write up an article over delta if you. Oh, like. I'd love you to. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, implied volatility is, you're right, we haven't covered this. So volatility is movement uh, in stock price. In fact, typically volatility increases as we see uh, stock price go down. Implied volatility is the expected move. It's a, I believe it's the market maker expected move. Um, and it's 
it's not just the movement or the the distance of the price movement but it's also the velocity so not just that the price goes down but that it goes down so fast if the price goes up fast enough you can also see an increase in implied volatility when it if it goes up really fast hmm. so that's, <coughs> that's what implied volatility is it's the expected move and the velocity of the expected move gotcha okay so having that relative to itself is the point of the implied volatility rank right yes uh, okay. a lot of people will use implied volatility percentile and as i covered in my second article the two are not the same yes and actually i'm really excited because i think uh i think we're going to go into that next so um let's go ahead and we'll, we'll wrap up today's podcast here on uh covering implied volatility rank and look for the second in this series with with david Lero here but thank you so much for coming on to today's program and talking about implied volatility rank i really really appreciate your willingness and consideration for the 10 minute stock trader community that you'd want to come on and, and share this expertise and insight that you have um i cannot wait to have you on for for part two of our how to trade stocks and options podcast series on implied volatility and seriously thank you so much for your time our mission statement at 10minutesstocktrader.com is to empower others to employ the strategic advantages of options trading and to provide confidence that they can profit in any market scenario. Please be sure to give me a like and a comment below and tell me how you can use this in your own portfolio. I have so much more content just like this over at 10minutesstocktrader.com. There you'll find all the bullish, bearish, and neutral strategies I trade as well as everything I've traded in my portfolio over the last year. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. It really does mean the absolute world to me that I've become a part of your day. And like I always like to say, I've been your host, Christopher Ewell, and thanks for stopping by. Now that wraps up today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. I've been your host, Christopher Ewell, and thanks for stopping by. 10MinutesDoctor.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinutesDoctor.com and Christopher Ewell, through his content, financial programming or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication. Financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. 10MinutesDoctor.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of transaction security trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client's situation or investment objectives. 10MinutesDoctor.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker dealer. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and any instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risk associated with the use of any financial security and brokerage platform. For more information, please visit 10MinutesDoctor.com slash legal. And thanks for stopping by.